Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. I'm really excited for, for tonight. I had such a good time last week and I, and I hope you did. And this seems very echoey. Um, now I want to, to ask you, please, 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 please make use of the library. And if you don't read, then get the CDs. We've prepared CDs of this that you can borrow. You can put it in your car as you're driving to work. And it's amazing how much you can get out of it. Or, better way to pray. But, even if you don't want to do that and you don't have a, you don't have a long enough commute, put the book in your toilet and... It didn't take me long to get through this book that I refer to a few times is um, Intercession by Dutch, Dutch Sheets. And I check a lot of the books that come into the library by just putting it in the toilet and one page a time. I promise you, it is, it is a way to get, to get the word if you've got a busy life. And you can laugh as much as you like, but it works. Right, so tonight we're going to have a look at intercession, praying as a royal priesthood. And let's get, get straight in. 1 Timothy 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, this his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you remember last time we were talking about most of our prayer time should be in worship and thanks to the Lord. That's where most of our prayer time is either there or in the Word, as we discussed last time. But what we're going to have a look at particularly today is the priesthood side of it, the priest side of this royal priesthood. Um, if you remember from last time, we were talking about kings have physical authority in this earth. In the Old Testament, kings have um, the authority in the earth to declare and cause things to happen in the earth. And we went through a lot of how to pray uh, in a kingly authority. But today we're going to have a look at priesthood. And priests in the Old Testament, they had spiritual authority, heavenly authority given, given by God. And we find that the priesthood represents the people before God. And that's what happened at the Day of Atonement. The priest had to go in for the people and put the blood on the, on the altar for the people so that they might be forgiven for their sins. Now, this is a very different way of praying. But I do want to emphasize from last week and this week 
Don't be too quick to put things in boxes. Some of us like to do that, to understand things better. But just remember, there's quite a lot of merging in this. We had a little discussion just, uh, just now uh, before there. And in this situation, am I supposed to pray this way? And that way, I'm supposed to pray this way. Just remember, the main, the main thing is, am I representing God in this earth, in my body, in my circumstances? I'm praying kingly. Am I praying for people, for God? Am I representing those people before God? And those are the main, the main areas, but there's lots of overlap. So please not let, let's not miss the spirit of it, because which box am I in? And we're getting far too left brain on that whole thing. Now, people are the focus. In fact, everything that we do in the kingdom, people is the focus. If they weren't, if they weren't, <laughs> I've heard some, some, some businessmen say, if it wasn't for these clients, my life would be easy. No, it wouldn't. You wouldn't have any business. And the same is for, we are here for, yes, for ourselves, yes, for our family, but this is all about people. And this is the, uh, the main heart of what we're going to be uh, talking about tonight. And... I just want to show you something which encapsulates that whole statement. And Janet, I'm forever in your debt for this. That is the most anointing, anointed picture that I've, that I've ever seen over there. This, and this is the other thing that I want to say. We are here taking notes, we're reading our physical Bible, we're absorbing information into our physical brain, but this is a most spiritual activity that we're involved in. And that is shown in this, in this picture. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if we get the rules right, it's the heart of that, and that is the heart of it. Heaven is available to us if we will just engage the Lord in prayer, if we will just do what He said and go after people like this, that massive angel is there waiting to hear the Word of God. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here. There is a battle going on. And in the early charismatic time, there has been much error that's come, come through. Uh, people's desire to please God and, uh, and get, on with, get on with prayer. And Andrew Womack is also quite strong on this, as you know, Janet, that um, intercession is... There's, there's so much error that has come through it, and it's mainly in the area of spiritual warfare, which is going to be the focus of the next two sessions here. Don't miss them. Uh, but I want to touch on it, because when we're praying, we must bear this in mind, that there is a spiritual battle going on. And that battle is not at the top of a tall mountain that overlooks the city. And in the old... Old Testament, they built 
high places. They put their altars on high places. And that's the way they worship the devil, basically. But if we carry that through the cross, we miss the whole point of what God is talking about, and we can so get into error. Hopefully this doesn't... uh, None of you need to be cleansed from the old hurt of intercessioning, intercession and uh, all-night prayer meetings on the top of a mountain and rebuking the spirits over the city and things that have got really weird, really weird. But this is, this is the essence of it. The battle is not on the top of the mountain, in the air above the city. It is in your head. That's where it is. 2 Corinthians 10, 45. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments. Okay? So that stronghold is not a castle or um, the, the political party's building. It is casting down arguments and every high thing that's exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Where can you have the knowledge of God? Inside your head, in your brain. Bringing every thought to captivity, to the obedience of Christ. And that is where the battle is. Now the whole point of intercession is to interrupt the devil's plan to attack people's brains and get them to sin. We have a a mechanism through intercession to assist that other person. This is Intercession is for other people. You can't intercede for yourself. You stand in the gap for somebody else. And that intercession enables the Holy Spirit to impact that other person. The devil is trying to do the same. In their head. In their brain. So, that's what we need to be effective with. That's what we need to do effectively. How do we pray for other people? Effectively, and that's what we want to focus on today. Now, what is effective prayer? In James five sixteen, it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I hope at the end of end of our month of prayer that we'll be effective, and I hope you'll be fervent because you know how to pray. And are we a righteous man or woman? We know that we are righteous. So, Jeremiah 1.12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Psalm 103.20 Bless the Lord, you, who, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. I want to come back to this. What is this angel waiting for? He is waiting for the Lord's word to come out of this prayer. We touched on it last week. Griping and complaining and giving long stories to God is 
ineffective. Ineffective. A waste of time. If we will pray the word, we will be effective. Because as this says, the Lord is waiting. His angels are waiting. The Holy Spirit is waiting to perform His word. Not our word. His word. But that word can only be effective in this earth if it comes through our mouths and comes out of, out of us. That sheet says, Praying and declaring the word of God is the highest and most effective level of prayer. Let's remember that throughout all of this. We were declaring the word over ourselves, and when we were praying for people, we were declaring the covenant that had delivered people. We are studying that last time. Now, we're continuing that. And <clears throat> when we're praying for others that are not in our locale, we, we can't lay hands on them. We can't talk to them. But we can pray for them. We have to be praying the Word of God. Now, if we will do that, we will be effective. And I hope that's all, that's what we want to do. We're not trying to get our, our tick in our box every day because we've had a prayer time. I hope we pass that. I hope we're not um, getting through the rosary of vain repetition. I hope we're beyond that. But we do need to be effective. Now, I'm amazed, I don't know if any of you have um, studied this out, but Paul is the most, uh, his word, his writings, is the most rich resource of word to pray. He often starts his epistles that I remember you in my prayers. And he mentions it often in the epistles that he is praying for the church. And he gives us wonderful things to pray. And let us remember, Peter called Paul's writings Scripture. Now, there's a lot here. I want to quickly go through it. And I don't want to take too much time. But I want you to catch the essence of praying Paul's prayers. Or finding the essence of what you want to pray for that other person in Paul's prayers. And we are going to pray some of these prayers in our second session tonight. Please, if you've got something to write in, write it. If you've got a Bible, mark it. What I want you to do there are oh, about 12 scriptures or more here. If something hits you as we are going through them, please just take a note of it. And I'll tell you, there are uh, Paul's uh, Ephesian prayers. The ones in Ephesians, if you can't find another one to do, that's what we're going to do tonight. Okay, so please uh, listen to this. And I've tried to emphasize the things that are, that are in, these, in these scriptures. Strive together with me in prayers. And what we see when we, Paul goes into a prayer, he, say, he mentioned, I'm praying for you that... That comes in, and then we can follow after the, that, his words that he prayed. That I might be delivered 
is a great thing. We can deliver for other people that they'll be delivered from those in Judea. And that my service for Jerusalem would be acceptable to the saints. That I may come to you with joy. And that God may be, uh, in the, by the will of God, and may be refreshed together with you. So if you are, um, if somebody is going out to minister, here's a wonderful scripture to pray for them. That if he encounters every, any evil people, he'll be delivered from them. And that my service will be acceptable to the people that I am ministering to. 1 Corinthians 4. Uh, 1, 4 to 8. I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by Him in all utterance and knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift. Isn't that a great thing to pray for somebody? That you, as you're ministering, Janet, that you will not... Come short in any gift. As you go out, Terry, that you don't come short in any gift, eagerly awaiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end. Whoa! Pray that for our loved ones, that they will be confirmed to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoops. 2 Corinthians 13, 7. Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable, though we may seem disqualified. There's a great thing to pray for our kids, that you do no evil. Can I pray that? Well, Paul did. Second Corinthians 13.9 And this also we pray that you may be made complete. Ephesians 1.16 I want you to take note of this. Um, these Ephesians prayers are so rich, you can read them a hundred thousand times and there's still something to get out of them. Ephesians 1, 16, 23. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention you in you of my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power. My goodness, there's, there is so much already in that that we can pray for people. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is in you. The eyes of your understanding. We can see somebody going wrong. Let we're just praying that the eyes of their understanding, because that is where the battle is. They're watching stuff they shouldn't be. They're doing what they're seeing. We're praying that they would, see, they would have a revelation, a spiritual revelation, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they could know what the hope of His calling, the riches of His inheritance in the saints how rich um, the work of the kingdom is in that person. We want you to see that. And the exceeding greatness of his power, he wants us to see the power that's working in us. Because if we did, we wouldn't mess around. We'd get on with the kingdom. And the working of his mighty power. 
which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. That devil is under your feet. It's under that person's feet if they would only see it. Lord, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they can see that. Ephesians 3.16, in a similar way, that he would grant you according to the rich richness of his glory. Where is his glory? Where is his glory? In us. And according to the richness of his glory, it always comes according to our faith, according to what's inside, according to the power of the word that's inside us. What a wonderful thing to pray that, they, that the richness of the glory would, would be realized within you. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. There is no situation that you cannot pray that half sentence. That the strength, that you would be strengthened by might through His Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That you might be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, breadth, depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How rich are those words? How big are those words to, to pray for people? Ephesians uh, 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful therein to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Please remember, our prayer needs to be for people. Jesus instructed us to pray for our enemies, to bless our enemies. Oh, Lord, how can I do that? Well, we pray for them. If we will pray for them, some of these prayers, their mind will change and their attitude towards us will change. If we curse them, we're going to get more of what we've been suffering from. So our prayers must be for. Yeah, but what about David? He praised again. He prayed, Lord, smite these enemies of mine. Kill the whole lot. Those precatory prayers are not for new covenant people. That is Old Testament. Yes, and God would have. But now in Christ, He won't. So don't pray that. It's a waste of time. It's not effective. He's not going to answer that prayer that you want to smite or you want your boss to be in a car accident. It's not going to happen. Better pray for him. And for me, that utterance would be given that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul was not ashamed of asking for people to pray for him. We need to pray for this man here. That when he stands up there, the word that comes through him is bold. And God has given him that utterance. It's not from Steve Wheeler, it's from the Lord God. Philippians 1, 9-11 And this I pray that your love may abound. Still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, and you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Again, such beautiful words that we can 
pray for, pray for people. Discernment, knowledge, love. Corinthians 1, 9 to 12. Do, I do not cease to pray for you and ask, Eoteo, I'm asking according to the covenant, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Now, isn't this interesting? That it's God's covenant right that we ask for knowledge of His will, wisdom of spiritual understanding, to walk worthy, fully pleased, fruitful, increasing in the knowledge. That is what Jesus died for us on the cross. And we can pray according to our covenant for those things to come upon the person that we're praying for. Corinthians 1.11 Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Strength, patience, long-suffering, joy. Colossians 4, 3-4. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would, now Paul's asking, please pray for us, that He would open us a door for the Word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Paul was dependent on people's prayers, and he asked the church to pray for him. So much more should we pray, and those that are in ministry should ask for prayer, that we might speak as we should. Laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 My goodness, did you know there were this many? And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another, and establish your heart Blameless. Second Corinthians one eleven to twelve, <clears throat> that God might count you worthy of His calling, fulfill your His good pleasure of His goodness, and the work of faith with power, that Christ may be glorified in you and you in Him, according to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians three one to two. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified that we might be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. There's a way to pray against wicked men, that you'd be delivered from them and that they would turn. Philemon, this is the last one, one six, And that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And that, in the epistles, that is the end of the prayers. I think I've got them all. But you can pray anything else you find in there that catches your fancy. But that, there's such a lot of material in there. And it's interesting that you go into Peter, James, and John, and you don't see prayers like this. Paul had a revelation on the church praying for him and for him praying for the church. So, there is a whole wealth in your Bible of word that you can pray for people and pray over people. Um, I came across, um, Donna, are you here? Donna. She found 
uh, I think it was in a Bethel book, um, prayers, and uh, Janet mentioned it on Sunday, prayers for children, prayers for our children. And that, um, that's an awesome thing. If you ask her, she can give you a copy of that. Somebody's prepared a whole lot of prayers for, for children. And out of everyone, our children need prayer, especially in this, in this um, agent. And that's not only our children, but our grandchildren. So that they'll be delivered from this wicked world and that they'll prosper and do mightily in this world. And I just want to throw in a, in a testimony here. And I think it'll be, be useful for you. Um, we've, we find ourselves, as in happened so many times, I'm sure, that one of our sons was at university and was going through a bad place. And it was all self-imposed. <laughs> He was doing what he shouldn't do. And I won't go into it and I won't expose him. Um, but from, for a year, Helena and I prayed just about every day for him. But it was... It was... <laughs> keep it together. It was very short. It was very precise. And it was simply this. Lord... Woo him back to you. And we didn't see anything for a year. One mid-year mid, um, mid vac, he came back home. And nothing seemed to be different. But I don't know, something happened. He went to church and he went back and he cleaned out his cupboard of everything that he shouldn't have had. He broke up with his girlfriend. He cleaned out everything. He went, he went to church there in the city that he was, and he was 180 degrees transformed. 180 degrees transformed. He went from zero to 100, from, from the worst child as, as far as spirituality is concerned, to the most. And I know that it was only because we prayed for him consistently until we saw the answer. And that is the heart. And, and oh, where, where did I see that? Where did I see that in the Word? Somebody might say that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened to the love of God. That's really what I, what I was praying. And it works. Guys, it works. I know it works. That is the most, most defined result that I've ever had for prayer. But if you don't pray for your children and your loved ones, and your parents and whoever is close to you, and your friends, who is going to? Who's going to pray for them? No one loves them more than you. Pray for them. And I promise you, like we studied last week, Jesus is there. That happens. They're waiting to hear the word. But you have to pray over and over and over and over. Why is this so different to what we were studying last week? We had a conversation just now. Why is it so different? Because there's another person's will involved. That other person 
can reject everything that you're praying. And it might take a long time. But never give up. Every prayer that you pray, God answers. But why does it take so long? Because the other person voids your prayer. They get this urgency, uh, this movement of the, of the Spirit um, inside them to, to stop what they're doing. But they void it. They carry on what they're doing. And they carry on what they're doing. But eventually, the, the Word will not return void. It will have its effect in that person. It will have in, in that loved one who doesn't know the Lord. It will happen that the words that we pray will fill this place or whatever we're praying for. Never give up. Never, ever give up. The importune widow who was trying to get the judge to judge for her, that story is all about don't stop praying. Don't stop praying because God will answer. He will answer. He will answer. So we need to keep on praying. Keep on praying. Right, so now we are, we've run out of time, but I want to quickly go over this. Okay. Um, if you are in U54899, your lights are on. You're going to have to have lots of prayer to start that one. Jump start that. Okay. Let's quickly talk uh, about praying for the lost. This is something that seems lost. How on earth are we going to get people born again? They don't seem to respond. Why not? Let's pray according to the Scripture. Okay, and I'm going to rush through this because I don't want to take away from our prayer time. The harvest is, Jesus talking, plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. Okay? Here's the first thing. If you are praying for somebody who is not born again or seriously lost, pray, Lord, send the harvest. Send, send the laborers into the harvest. Okay. Now, this is the most powerful scripture to, to pray in very, in different ways for the lost. 2 Corinthians 4.3. And it is so rich. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. We have to realize that the enemy is the one who is stopping our prayer. God answers our prayer immediately. The devil is preventing the person receiving our prayer. Because he's blinded their minds. And how many revelation for our minds have we read in those uh, Paul's prayers? Who do not believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. That is his way of preventing people to get born again. By blinding their eyes and stopping the glory of the gospel of Christ shining to them. Four. It is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the glorious, uh, to give the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the way we can pray for people is, Lord, break the blindness 
over that person. Let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ to shine unto them. Pray that there will be an agency going out there. Pray for the laborers who will go in there. And I like the way Andrew Warmack says this. Volunteer yourself. If you can go to the person, then they, your neighbor, go to them. Pray for them first and then go to them. That is the only way if the blinders are broken off them. And we can pray this scripture for them. And that's how they can get born again. We are not going to have time for this. Um, just take a note of John twenty twenty three and Matthew sixteen nine, loosing and binding and uh, forgiving and re- retaining sin. Um, that's that's another whole subject, and it's wonderful. I tell you what, get a better way to pray, and we can study that. But we we're out of time, and I don't want to go over this. Um, and this is more important. Praying in the Spirit. Romans 8.26, I think we all know the Scripture. Likewise, the Spirit also helps and takes together with us against. That is, that is the expanded version of help. He takes hold together with us against. Guys, we have to realize that the Holy Spirit, Jesus has, has, has said, we need to go. The agency and the authority is with us. If we won't go and if we won't pray, it won't happen. The Holy Spirit, however, is there to help us. He will help us together with against that issue. We have to pray. He'll help us in our weakness and in our ability. For we don't know how we should pray as we ought. But his, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. Now, he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. It's because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Take some time and go and study this scripture if you haven't already done it. It is wonderful. And it's an encouragement for, for us when we are praying in the Spirit... I've given you a lot of word to pray, but we come to the end of words that we can pray. Then we need to pray in the Spirit. That's a whole new topic which we don't need to get into now because I think we understand that. An intercession in tongues can drop down to an awful pain in your, in your spirit, which is groanings. And I'm not qualified to, to talk about uh, birth pangs. My wife can three times. She's gone through it. But it's apparently the same sort of thing. The birthing of something in somebody else or in a, in a circumstance that comes from the depths of your belly. And many of you who've experienced this know what i'm know what i'm talking about it is a very deep level of intercession i just want to encourage you not to be scared of that there's also that is a similar thing you might find that you are taking upon 
symptoms or burdens or feelings that are not yours. You're getting this excruciating pain or you're feeling so depressed or something like that. Those feelings could be the Holy Spirit urging you to pray. I had this happen to me not so long ago. It was last year where there was, must have been some, there were some big changes happening in, in, in my business. And I had this sick feeling in my gut. It was more than a, it was a heaviness in my stomach. And it didn't, know, it didn't matter what I did. I could not get rid of it. I could only pray in the Spirit. At that time, I was going down to Cape Town for some reason. I prayed all the way down to Cape Town. I prayed all the way back. Eventually, it lifted. I urge you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not depressed. For the most part, just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray through those things. God is warning you about something in your life, somebody in your, in your loved ones, something that you need to pray for. We don't know how to pray as we ought, but He makes intercession through us, with us. Yield to that. Obey that. It, I found that it doesn't matter how much I was pray, how much I praise God, it doesn't matter how much I read the Bible or, or kept my thoughts positive, this thing wouldn't go away. So I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Eventually it got sorted out. And I think I saw the result. I wasn't sure, but I think I saw the result in some decisions that were made around one of my businesses. So yield to those things and, and spend some time studying that and, and looking at that. But I'm, I'm trying to encourage you. Don't be scared of that. Yield to that. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not a scorpion. It's not a rock. God, God has given you the Holy Spirit. Let Him pray through you in this Scripture. Okay. Right. We're done. Um, good teaching. Good word. I think I just want to come back to what he said about praying for the lost. That we all have loved ones in our family, friends, colleagues that we need to pray for. And just while you're speaking now, I think we had a good, solid foundation of word there that um, what I'm going to ask for is when we get into groups now, that let's keep it focused around that and not try and get too broad. Let's pray for our unsaved loved ones, unsaved friends, unsaved community. Amen. Good. So good. let's do that. Let's get into groups of about three and four, yes. and then we'll do that, and we'll be finished by eight o'clock. So guys, can you um, remember what we've... What